Hi, welcome to Hollywood Crime Scene. This is Rachel Fisher. Hi, this is Desi Jettikin. And we're back. We're back. Should we make lots of noise right now adjusting our mics? Uh, sure. Yeah. Here, I just don't want Desi to be hunched over right now. Yeah. Uh, so what's up, Rachel? Oh, my God. It's been a long... Well, a few people have wanted me to talk about my bike ride, which I will talk about for maybe 30 seconds because I one of uh, the things people love about our show is that we get right into the crimes. Right. So I want to make it a happy medium for everyone, for all of our listeners. Uh, if, In case you didn't know, I just got back from a 552-mile bike ride from San Francisco to Los Angeles. This is my third time doing this ride. I did it to raise money for health care, specifically health care that the LA LGBT Center and the San Francisco AIDS Foundation provide. My butt hurts currently. <laughs> it took seven days. That's why we've been gone for two weeks because mm-hmm. I was gone in San Francisco first up there, staying at my with my mom for a few days before the ride, and then the ride itself was seven days. And uh, I didn't have time to prepare my story during the ride, so we had to take an extra couple days so I could get my shit together. So That's fine. Thank you guys yeah. for being so patient with us. Yeah. And the ride was great. I'll probably, my crazy ass, probably going to do it again next year. Um, It's really physically intense, obviously. Yeah. It's the most physically challenging thing I've ever done in my life. Desi's eating, has a cute little pile of Reese's pieces right now (laughs) on on our desk. I actually mostly just posted pictures of the ride to my stories, so they're all gone now. There's like one cute picture of me that I posted to my Instagram if you want to check it out but I'm yeah I'm pretty tired yeah (laughs) I'm still pretty tired I got back on Saturday so um but I'd be happy to answer any questions about it in our Facebook group because I don't want to take up too much time here on the show but thank you guys for asking how it was going and being so supportive I really love connecting with all of our listeners and um yeah, and a lot I feel like a lot's happened. I guess in the past 2 weeks <laughs> or stuff that like I mean Desi and I haven't we've been separated for like 2 weeks right. now. But I still I still texted you like it was pretty much every day times a day yeah. with different things. Right. I was like I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like and it was Desi was the only person like that I really talked to while I was on the ride, De- like I even tweeted, I was like, I'm sorry if I'm not responding to DMs or texts. Like the only person I have the emotional and mental capacity to talk to right now is Desi. I was just like, I don't have anyone to text all my bullshit, like making fun of people too. So well, just like constantly sending Rachel pictures and tweets. Well, poor Desi would text me at 9.30 p.m. And I went to bed on the AIDS ride every night at 8 p.m. Because oh, you right. get up at 4.30 right, in the right, morning right. to start riding at 6. <clears throat> I didn't really ever expect a response. I just had to say No, you. I know. And I get it. And I would respond at like 7 a.m. Right. I'd always wake up to like a mm-mm in my phone. <laughs> it was like Rachel finally responding to all my bullshit from the night before. And I'd already been up for like two hours or something. Like my- I also didn't really know when you were riding or when you had breaks or whatever. So I was just like, okay. Yeah, it's fine. It's yeah. totally fine. So... I'll try to find a surrogate next year. Right. No, I don't want you to find a surrogate next year. I will always be there to answer your text messages, especially if it's juicy. Yes. And they were always juicy. Of course. So. I'm juicy. I'm juicy. So I just started watching The Staircase. Oh, right. Right before you came over. I'm on, I've just finished the first two episodes. See, I saw that when it originally came out. You saw it? 
Yeah. Oh, it's an old docu-series? It's an old docu-series, but apparently they added new episodes. I haven't gone through it yet. I started watching um, the first few, and I was like, oh, I've already seen all of this. But I've forgotten so much of it, so I probably will end up just working while I watch it. And then I think there's like a few, two new episodes or so at the end of, like, you know, follow-up episodes or whatever. Because I was wondering, I was like... How do they have all of this old stuff from the early 2000s? Yeah, this they is an must old have documentary. known that they were making a documentary immediately while the case was going on. Right. So it's pretty wild. Yeah, it's good. I know the story. I don't remember how it ends, I, but I've heard of the story before from right. another crime podcast. It is a good one. Maybe we can cover it sometime. Yeah. Because it's sort of, he's like a mystery writer and he was like going to be a mayor. Yeah, it's crazy. It's good. Yeah, I'm enjoying we recommend it. it. I'm enjoying it yeah, so far. I like it. We can talk about it on the <clears throat> Facebook page. Yeah. But today we are covering um, an episode that I've been wanting to do for a long time. And by a long time, I mean probably like a month since one of our <laughs> listeners suggested it. Right. But it, it's, a, it's a topic that I've thought was fascinating and ridiculous since I was a little girl. Yeah, it's It good. might be the first big news story I remember uh and we're talking about Amy Fisher right and Joey Buttafuoco and I've mentioned on our Facebook group I think and to you that I lived on Long Island when all of this happened right like I grew up pretty much on Long Island Desi was at the scene <laughs> I was on the scene <laughs> She was live in the They field. actually, I lived in that town where it happened. I mean. It's so wild yeah. to me. But Desi, like, I think about, because everyone in this story is a character. Oh, man. And everyone in this story is such a stereotypical example of what you would imagine a Long Island person to be. It it really is. It's, like, absurd. It's, like, come on. You're just being stereotypical <laughs> now. But they're real people. Right. I mean, the name Buttafuoco alone come is Come on. Just... <laughs> come on. It's so good. His outfits, too. Like, is that guy he, for real? I mean, come on. <laughs> the Zubaz pants. This guy, Joey Buttafuoco, I guess like a, I mean, some of our listeners are probably young, but like the Zubaz pants are like those kind of like stretchy elastic waistband pants. They're like cotton. And they're baggy. And they look like you should wear them like back and forth to the gym for your like martial arts class with. And they always have really grotesque patterns. Right. Like colorful. And like neon and stuff. Yeah. They're awful. They're like Guido hammer pants. <laughs> <laughs> right. And that's what Joey Buttafuoco w- wore. The fact that this guy thinks he's a fucking player is insane to me. But anyway. He's not hot. No, he's not hot at well, all. We're going to get okay. into him a lot more just talking about how much he sucks. Mm-hmm. So let's just start with the story. Okay. So Amy Fisher was born August 21st, 1974 in Merrick, New York on Long Island to Elliot and Roseanne Fisher, the owners of an upholstery store. Amy grew up very privileged. She was an only child and she was given everything that she wanted. I watched the Drew Barrymore made for TV movie. Yeah. There were three Amy Fisher mm-hmm. movies that came out in like the same year. Cause this I think story, I saw them all. Right. I've only seen the Drew Barrymore one, and that's the one I watched. And they really, like, drive home the point that Amy's a little spoiled brat in this movie, which I felt like they did a fine part with showing that she was a spoiled brat. But since I know that Amy Fisher comes from a Jewish family, I just know from my own personal experience, you do not talk back to your Jewish mother like that and get away (laughs) with it. 
Because the way that like she talked to her mom in this movie was right. like so over the top and the mom was just like, oh dear. I'm like, that is some waspy shit. Right. That is a wasp response. Your Jewish mom would never let you get away with that. No. Rightfully so. Because she was acting like a little shit. She was a little shit. <laughs> she was a little shit. I mean. The real Amy Fisher and Drew Barrymore as portrayed in the movie. Yeah. Okay. So she even got a car upon getting her driver's license. Well, and that's <laughs> that's how they met, right? Yes, this mm-hmm. this is. This actually wasn't her first car. She got a car like right when she got her driver's license, but then she crashed it. So her parents just gave her another one. I mean, why bother fixing it? Why bother, <laughs> right? She attended John F. Kennedy High School in Belmont, New York. And when Amy was 16, she began working as an escort at a call girl service known as ABBA, like the Swedish <laughs> pop Mm-hmm. band so she was known to wear a pager which was a total status symbol right. in the 90s and she was like flaunting her pager who i'm sure wouldn't? look <laughs> i knew people back in the day who had pagers when i was in middle school it was like two girls and they were the bad girls yeah but i was super jealous i wanted a pager there was nothing good going on with a pager no <laughs> Like you were only doing bad things right. with a pager. But it was cool because this is like pre-cell phones yeah. or pre-everyone having a cell phone, obviously. Right. And that was a status symbol. Totally. It was like, what are you up to with that? Oh, you can text someone 911? Right. Yeah, yeah, Ooh. yeah. <laughs> you can text them boobs <laughs> or whatever. Like you mm-hmm. had all these codes you would text yeah. people. Yeah. Now it sounds so primitive. And Amy allegedly had 10 regular customers at this time who would personally page her to get in contact with her for her services. In December- now, does it, do you know why she became a hooker or whatever? Because she's Amy Fisher. There was no reason because she had money from yeah. her parents. Yes. So she was just doing it for fun. And extra cash. Yeah. Like there wasn't any dire financial situation. And she's 16. Yes. I mean... I like how I'm all school marm about it, but like, did they check her ID at ABBA? Believe me, I've been thinking about this. And also the other thing that we're going to talk about is just the news coverage of her. No one seemed to make a very big deal about the fact that this is like very, like this is child abuse happening. Right, <laughs> like, right. It was, well, it's like similar to Monica Lewinsky. She was put out as like this, this I mean, harlot. obviously she committed a huge crime, but it's like, this is a teenager. Right. This is a yeah. kid. Uh, sure, she's a little shit, but she's still a kid. Right, right, right. Sorry. Okay, so in 1990, Amy's dad, Elliot, was in a car accident and took his Cadillac to Complete Auto Body, a local body shop owned by 36-year-old Joey Buttafuoco. Accompanying her dad to the shop was Amy Fisher. And Amy Fisher took one look at <laughs> Joey Buttafuoco and his big square fucking head yeah. and his curly mullet. It's like a pseudo mullet. It's like that haircut every asshole had in the early 90s right. where it's like, it's not a mullet, but it like the way it's cut short on the sides and yes. it's very tight jersey curl like, and he's wearing like a gold chain probably mm-hmm. and his fucking Zubaz pants. Yeah. She took one look at him and was like, wow, that guy is a fucking stud. <laughs> and like we said earlier, Joey Buttafuoco definitely thought of himself as a stud. Oh, totally. And uh, like, hey, like, he look had at personality. Me. Yes. <laughs> as you can see in some of the older news clips, he <laughs> had way too much personality. So she sees this guy. It's love at first sight for her. 
And soon after her first encounter with him, Amy took her own car into the shop to get Mm -hmm. pinstripes put on it, I guess. (laughs) Detailing. Yeah. Paint detailing. um, Obviously, as an excuse to go back and see this Italian stallion. (laughs) She, like, started taking her car in regularly as if she was just going there for, like, a car wash almost. She's like, I got a ding. I got a dent. And it was, like, pretty clear that she was just denting up her own car at this point. Got to keep it perfect. Just to go back mm-hmm. to see this guy. The body shop. The bo- <laughs> it's, it's so, Everything about this story is so fucking perfect. So they entered a sexual relationship. Yeah. And their first time fucking, like he was going to give her a ride home. You uh-huh, know, oh, your course. car's in the shop. I got to give you a I ride guess I, home. Yeah. No, no, you don't have to call a taxi. Right. I'll give, like, I give you a ride. I'll drop you <laughs> off. But th- instead of going back to her house, they went to a motel instead. I probably have been to one of those motels. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Meanwhile, Buttafuoco is 36 years old. Amy Fisher is 16 years old. That is like so beyond illegal. It's not even funny. <sighs> That's like a new porn category <laughs> beyond illegal. <laughs> Beyond illegal. So they would fuck at his home. Oh. They would fuck in his shop. They even fucked on his speedboat named Double Trouble. (laughs) Come on. Come on. Well, and if you don't know, Massapequa, where this happened, is on the water. Right. So almost everyone has like a boat. Like, And I just learned what Massapequa, what people from Massapequa call it. I told you this. Desi told me (laughs) a few weeks ago, because it's a mostly Jewish and or Italian community, people Mm -hmm. call it matzah pizza, (laughs) which you shouldn't combine the two, but I enjoy both of those things. That sounds like some low-carb person would make like pizza on matzah or something. Some Gentile (laughs) bitch would make that for her health blog for Passover, and it wouldn't be kosher. No. Or acceptable, it's it's actually illegal. <laughs> it's illegal so it's to a my food crime. It's a hate crime to my people. I'm just gonna say that. So, Butterfuko would also contact Amy on her pager using the code 007. Like, come on, guys, let's not build him up anymore. <laughs> he even a well, you're not gonna like this next one. Okay, he even allegedly gave her her first first orgasm, and I just wrote <laughs> in my notes. I had to write allegedly because we don't really know. We are we are like very serious about facts. We're serious about show. facts here. I'm going to stick with allegedly because mm-hmm. we don't really we don't know. We don't want to get sued. No, we don't want to get sued by Amy being like, mm, I lied. And I just wrote in my notes, I'm going to barf. No. Because when I read that, I like started dry heaving. There's no way he made her come. No. There's just no way. Does that guy look like he's not anything other than no. a selfish lover? I don't think so. Even if he so. like eats pussy, you know it's sloppy. He it's does. Like, it's like he's like folding a slice. <laughs> <laughs> and like shoving it. I mean, it's just not good. I don't know what that means, but it makes sense to me. Speaking of folding a slice, so like in the Amy Fisher, Joey Buttafuoco meeting story, like they ordered, they ate pizza together mm-hmm. one of their first times hanging out at the shop while she was waiting for a car to be done. And I didn't watch the Alyssa Milano TV movie about Amy Fisher, but I did see a clip of it and it was of Joey Buttafuoco and one of his coworkers talking about how he fucked this young girl and uh-huh. and the guy or how he, the young girl was f- Amy Fisher's flirting with him and he's like, hey, did you see the way she folded that slice and ate it? <laughs> oh, really? 
really? Yes. In the clip. Maybe I'm having like a memory. (laughs) Okay. So not only was Joey Buttafuoco more than 20 years Amy's senior, but he was also married to his wife and high school sweetheart, Mary Jo Buttafuoco. She is also very Long Island, by the way. (laughs) Oh, my God. I mean, she has the, like, acid-washed denim jumpsuits and the big blonde hair and the, what's it called, the French tip nails and the accent. Very Long Island. Very Long Island. Also, Mary Jo and Joey had two children, 12-year-old Paul and 9-year-old Jessica. Joey Buttafuoco was also suspected of being linked to the ABBA escort service that Amy worked for. He was known for providing coke to escorts and clients, and he was referred to by the name Joey Coco Pops. <laughs> Stop it. Like, that's not what you want to be known as. No. Like, no. No. That's not very tough. No. <laughs> oh, it's Joey Coco Pops over here. <laughs> they must have said that behind his back, right? Totally. That was like a diss. Joey would later deny those allegations, but he did admit to having a drug problem years before and had completed a stint in rehab. Hmm. By August of 1991, Amy and Joey's relationship was fizzling. And Amy was infatuated with Joey and was like, I love you. He loves me. We're going to get married. Yeah. Like he, he, he gave me an orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> he took me to a really nice motel. He, he has got a, me a slice. <laughs> He has a speedboat. I mean, everyone has a speedboat right. over there. Right. Like, my grandma a has shop. a speedboat. I don't have to worry about my car. Right. Fixed. Come on. Dream. Right? It's every girl's dream. It's every girl's dream. So, Amy approached her classmate, 18-year-old Chris Drellos, and offered him sex in exchange to help her kill Mary Jo Buttafuoco. Chris declined the offer, but referred Amy to his friend, 20-year-old Stephen Sleeman. His name is very close to Sleesman. Or Seaman. Or Seaman. Sleazy Seaman. Stephen Seaman. Stephen. Sleeman? Sleeman. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's like a combination of Seaman and Sleazy. Oh, perfect. It's totally perfect. Honestly, I'm attracted to him now. <laughs> <laughs> he, could, he said that he could provide Amy with a 22 caliber rifle to shoot Mary Jo with. The two then began hanging out and plotting the murder. Amy would gush to Stephen about how much she loved Joey Buttafuoco and how good the sex was and how horny she was all the time. Like, Amy just loved to talk about her sexuality. Like, she was just like, like, oh, my God, I just need sex. I need sex. And the sex with Joey Buttafuoco was so good. I'm seriously ill. Right. Amy paid Stephen $600 to watch the Buttafuoco home so he could case the joint, basically, figure out a good time to shoot the old broad <laughs> one time amy came to watch with steven and she gave him a blowjob in the car while they watched well that's not watching <laughs> steve sleeman eventually backed out of the plan saying quote i got out of there that girl's a psycho typical guy typical guy getting out when the going gets tough <laughs> never wanting to complete anything blowjob and for all the good times <laughs> And the slices and the diners. The slices and the Sleeman. <laughs> Did she swallow a Sleeman? <laughs> That's what I need to know. <laughs> so Amy hit up 21-year-old 
Peter Guangetti. Peter Guangetti, a man from Brooklyn who worked at an auto parts store. Look at these auto parts guys. <laughs> it's like she paid him $800 for his 25 caliber pistol and a ride to the Buttafuoco home. He threw the Look. ride in for free. <laughs> I mean, if you need to get a ride, I don't think you should be committing murder. <laughs> Didn't she have a car? Yeah. Yeah. I guess she went. This is how stupid. I love stupid criminals. Oh, where yeah. They have all these plans that they're going to do things, but they're like, well, I won't drive my own car. <laughs> right. I'll just show up on her front door with a gun. and shoot In broad daylight. In broad daylight. But no one will know. Right. So on the morning of May 19th, 1992, Peter drove Amy to the Buttafuoco home Amy walked up to the front porch and rang the doorbell. Mary Jo answered, and Amy confronted her, saying, Your husband is having an affair with my 16-year-old sister. And Mary oh. was like, oh, yeah? yeah? Like, she didn't buy it. She's like, who is this little bitch? Yeah. And Amy's like, continuing she goes well i just think the idea of a 40 year old man sleeping with a 16 year old girl is disgusting and mary shoots back with he's not even 40 yet <laughs> that seems like the relevant point in this conversation <laughs> she literally said that that's a direct quote she literally said that oh yeah i got you there that's yeah. like the big gotcha yeah He's, oh, really? You're lying. Yeah. He's not 40. He's 37 or however old he and was. And then Amy was like, I was rounding up to make it more effective. <laughs> <laughs> so Amy then reveals, she produces a t-shirt. She holds it up and it's a t-shirt from Joey Buttafuoco's body <laughs> shop. And she said, oh yeah, well then how'd I get this t-shirt? And Mary Jo goes, he hands those out to lots of people. Oh, this whole conversation to me is just like the way I heard it in my head was like the conversation in the bad seed between Leroy and Rhoda yeah. when they're sort of one-upping each other right, about right, right. like, oh yeah, what do you know? What, what the fuck do you know? Right. They're challenging each other yeah. in this moment. I mean, I do love, I do think it's hysterical that Amy Fisher brings this like promotional t-shirt out and that's like evidence. It's like unless right. there's cum all over that t-shirt. And even then it's not like Mary Jo's like, well, I have a DNA kit in my pocket. <laughs> right. Let's this test. Or, let me taste it. Right. It doesn't taste like my husband's cum. <laughs> Are you sure this is his Sleeman? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Mary had had enough of this conversation. She go, And she goes, I'm going to call my husband. And she starts Ooh. heading back into the house. And Amy's like, oh, no, you didn't. So she shoots Mary in the fucking head. Right. She just shoots her so in the head. Like, one up that. One up, take that. I love that Mary Jo has absolute confidence that her husband isn't a pig. Oh, I know. I like, know. I mean, I would be like, okay, let's talk about this. Like, right. I'd want to hear this little person. I'd, even if I knew it wasn't true about my husband, I'd still be like, whoa, this is kind of, who are you? Yeah. Wait a minute. Like, like I want the story like, here. Like, she seems like she's already defending Joey. And it's like, what about him <laughs> warrants this defense? Because look at him. <laughs> Dude. And we will post lots of pictures yeah, of him. It's, it's amazing. Because it's mm -hmm. really good. So the bullet severed the cardioid artery in Mary Jo's neck. It shattered the base of her skull and ripped her right eardrum. Mary Jo collapsed, blood running down her face. And Amy Jo escaped with Peter, her getaway driver, in his red 1983 Thunderbird. The shot rang out throughout the neighborhood, and Mary Jo was saved by a neighbor. She was rushed to the hospital where she underwent eight hours of surgery. 
When Mary Jo was in stable condition, she was able to identify the shooter, a petite girl with auburn hair. Everyone in the 90s had burgundy or auburn right. hair. Like when they would dye their hair if they had like dark they hair naturally. A reddish. It would everyone had that burgundy hair. I just wanted to make a side note about that. And if that was Amy, if I was Amy Fisher, I would have been like, she called me petite. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. Wait, I looked petite. Wait, oh my god. So sweet. Oh my god. I feel bad for shooting you now. Yeah. Mary Jo's face got fucked up. It's damaged. It's damaged. Surprise like I'm always surprised when anyone survives a bullet wound to the head. Right. And Mary Jo, considering that she had she was shot in the face, has like a lot less damage than I think when someone gets shot in the head. Right. But half of her face ended up being paralyzed. She also had double vision in one eye and she was deaf in one ear. And the bullet is actually still lodged in her head. Like right. they couldn't remove the bullet to save her. So she obviously, it was a miracle that she survived. Or that even that she remembered. That she remembered at yeah. all, right. Like she was. Because you'd think you'd at least maybe have amnesia about what happened. Some or, kind of yeah. memory loss or trauma. But she was like, I fucking remember her face. Right. And Joey Buttafuoco, upon finding this out. Well, I do remember when it initially happened. And I don't know if this was in the movie or your research. It was very mob. Like, it was a suspicious... Initially, everyone was like, oh, it's a mob thing. Because it was Joey Buttafuoco. Right, and it's just the area. There is, right. like, a lot of old-school mobs, mobsters right. who live in that area. Because it's 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 an expensive area. Yeah. Like, uh, <clears throat> so I think before she woke up and said it was a, a young woman, people right. initially were like, oh, right. it's a mob-related incident. And Joey Buttafuoco told the police... Like immediately, pretty quickly after, he says, I know who did this, and it was Amy Fisher. Had she threatened him that she was going to do something? I no. I can't remember. Uh-huh. No. But she he didn't. was just suspicious. He was like, fuck, that fucking bitch did this. So initially, when he first called the police, he told them that he had had an affair with Amy, but quickly walked back that statement, saying that, no, she just had a puppy dog crush. teenage crush yeah. on me. She was obsessed with me. That's why she shot my wife. Right. Amy was then arrested the next evening, and after interrogation, she penned a 10-page confession letter in which she told about her more than year-long relationship with Joey Buttafuoco. In her confession, Amy claimed that the shooting was an accident. This is a quote from Amy Fisher's confession. I felt that she was dismissing me and didn't care about what I was saying. I saw her turn to go back in her house, and by the time I took my gun out of my pocket and hit her on the back of the head, I saw her stumble. I had my finger on the trigger. I went to hit her again because I was so angry. Then I raised the gun again and it went off. I heard a pop sound and saw blood coming out of her head. Right. She said she basically hit her. Yes, right. and that it was, the gun going off was an accident. Well, first of all, why did you I don't know gun? how guns work exactly. But is it that easy for them to just go off? <laughs> like, uh, I've only been to a firing range and shot a gun one time in my right. life. So please gunsplain me all you want, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but, I, but I've heard that several times with people where it was like an accidentally a gun going off. off or something. I'm just wondering how. Here's, uh, here's the thing. I mean, obviously, I don't believe her. She ha- even if that story, even if that was true, she still had, why'd she have the gun out? And she was going there to kill her. I mean, we know yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why, why did you have the gun out? You still had a gun out. Even right. if it was, oh, I didn't end up shooting her. It's right. Like, she didn't hit her with like a beer bottle. 
Right. So there was a gun. So this, of course, was a lie, as Amy did not hit Mary Jo before shooting her. So that went out the window. At first, Amy told the police that Joey got the gun for her, but later admitted that she had procured the gun herself and that the reason she shot Mary Jo was because Joey Buttafuoco wanted to break up with her. You shoot Joey. You don't shoot the wife at that point. That's what I think. You just He's don't. also a fucking pedophile. Right. Like, I feel like no one would blame her. <laughs> So in the days following Amy's arrest, the story hardly got any attention. It wasn't until June 1st, about two weeks after the shooting, that a current affair showed the tape of Amy soliciting sex from a client from this escort service that the story blew up and swept the nation and took over the tabloids. Right. Who was this Long Island whoa? The Long Island Lolita. The Long Island Lolita. <laughs> who was this bitch? The tape was sold to the TV show by a 28-year-old client of Amy's named Peter DeRosa for $8,000. Peter had secretly recorded three separate sexual encounters with Amy and then cut them together in a 14-minute video that he sent to the TV show. Beauty should be good for you, and that's why we're excited to tell you about Beauty Counter. Beauty Counter is a clean makeup and skincare brand that started in 2013, disrupting the beauty industry by shedding a light on the need for stronger ingredient regulations in the personal care products that we use daily. Today, Beauty Counter is the leading clean beauty brand creating innovative and high-performing products that are safer and cleaner than even their like-minded competitors. So what do we mean by clean? Over 1,800 questionable ingredients are never used in Beauty Counter's formulations. They call this their never list. You can learn more at beautycounter.com, where you're also going to want to check out their incredible products. Best of all, if you're a new customer and you order through March 15th, you'll get free shipping on your order of $100 or more when you use the code HOLLYWOOD. Once again, to get free shipping on your order of $100 or more, go to beautycounter.com and use the code HOLLYWOOD. As most of us have found out the hard way, getting into debt is easy, getting out of it is hard, especially if your credit score isn't great. Thankfully, now there's Upstart.com, the revolutionary lending platform that knows you're more than just your credit score and offers smarter interest rates to help you pay off high-interest credit card debt. I know firsthand that there's nothing more frustrating than trying to pay something down and your payments are pretty much just paying off the interest. Upstart goes beyond the traditional credit score when assessing your credit worthiness. Upstart believes you're more than just your credit score. They believe in you. The best part? Once the loan is approved and accepted, most people get their funds the very next business day. Over 400,000 people have used Upstart to pay off credit cards or meet their financial goals. So free yourself from the burden of high-interest credit card debt by consolidating everything into one monthly payment with Upstart. See why Upstart is top-ranked in their category with a 4.9 out of 5 rating on Trustpilot and hurry to upstart.com slash Hollywood to find out how low your Upstart rate is. Checking your rate only takes a few minutes. That's upstart.com slash Hollywood. Can you imagine being like, I don't care, I fucked a (laughs) 16-year-old escort. Yeah. And I and I secretly videotaped it. Eight thousand dollars. Eight thousand dollars sounds good to me. I don't care if people know I'm a fucking pervert. I mean, it's just like who it's are funny these to, people? Yeah, 
I mean, for me, it was always a big story, so I forgot that it wasn't like a national thing right away. Right. It, right. it was just this like hometown right. drama, whatever, at first. But I couldn't believe that anyone would admit to that. Right. This completely. I mean, everyone involved in this story. They have no shame. Is, is bad. They have no fucking shame. And I'll tell you later, but I have a Mary Jo Buttafuoco story. Like, I don't think she's. I mean, she got shot, so she's clearly the victim, but she's right. also kind of like, uh. <laughs> We're gonna... She didn't deserve to be shot, but like... Right. So in this video, you can hear Amy going, I'm wild, I don't care, I like sex. I was fascinated by people who you know have had only bad sex, who love it a lot. Because it's like, you're clearly emotionally <laughs> damaged and trying to get love. That's why you love sex so much, because it's the only time like a guy gives you this attention that you crave. It's also just really difficult to watch women go through emotions and behaviors that you went through. Right. Either when you were their age or when you were in a really fucked up place in your life. Yes. And to want to shake them and be like, you, there can be a better way. Like you right. can change. It's really hard to watch. It's it hard to hard. watch that. So Amy then, like Desi said, became known as the Long Island Lolita and the tabloids had a fucking field day with it. Right. And no one, I feel like, I mean, this is typical of the media where it's like, if there's like, we love a salacious story where we can paint a woman as a whore. Right. And paint. And especially back then. Especially back yeah. then. And, you know, New York Post headlines were like really fucking creepy. It's like everyone, does everyone fucking forget that this is a child we're talking about? Yeah. Regardless of if she's like, like not well and a criminal, she's still a child and it's creepy right. to be talking about her like this. And Joey, I do think he was not portrayed as an innocent. Like, he was no, hated, too. No, he was vilified. Yeah, he was vilified. He was definitely vilified. And Joey Buttafuoco became the butt of every joke, like, on late night TV and SNL. Right. He was a parody. I mean... He was a parody of himself. Yeah, like, he was a joke. He, You couldn't even parody him because you'd see him in interviews, and he went on every fucking talk show. Right. That was the amazing thing with Joey. <laughs> <laughs> like he really did think he was some kind of hero or totally the way he because i was like no you should be in, sh in shame right hiding in your house or in your body right. shop and not coming out like he wanted to be on tv he was calling <clears throat> up howard stern all the time oh, yeah. mary joe was calling oh, up right, howard right, right. stern i remember that and he was like listen howard da 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 you know those were the best howard stern years like <laughs> the late 80s and the 90s like right so good it was just like no holds bars uh, so Amy Fisher's bail was set at $2 million, which was the highest bail that had ever been set in Nassau County at the time, which is pretty wild. Amy was thought to be a flight risk and ADA Fred Klein warned the judge that Amy would probably try and kill Mary Jo again if she were out on bail. Now, Amy's lawyer, Eric Nyberg, offered anyone in Hollywood the rights to Amy's life story in exchange for her $2 million bail. Right. <laughs> it's like no one has any shame whatsoever. Well, this was like such a prime tabloid era too. Like right. that show Current Affair yes. was really huge then. I and mean, hard copy. So hard copy. It was like so sleazy. Like that's like where Bill O'Reilly started. Right. Uh yeah, those shows were big. Right. Everything was so sensational and nothing was off limits to skewer. No. And to shame. So someone did 
pony up some cash, KLM Productions bought Amy's story for $80,000, and the Fishers coughed up the remaining $20,000 for her bail. Amy was released on bond on July 28th, and Mary Jo was not happy about it. She went to the press, and she was like, I don't feel safe. This is a sick girl. Yeah. She's a whore. Like, I don't – what the fuck's happening? Like, yeah. she had some very choice words. Obviously, person shoots you in the head. And then she's also really Long Island. She's really Long Island. So all of her, like, press interviews about it are, like, really intense. <laughs> Uh, Amy's lawyer decided that it would be best for Amy to get a deal. So he met with prosecutor Fred Klein, and the two came to an agreement on September 22, 1992. Amy would plead guilty to reckless assault and serve 5 to 15 years in prison. Klein and Nyberg also decided to go after Joey Buttafuoco <clears throat> for statutory rape. Finally. Yes. I mean, that's a, let's talk about that, Okay. Mary Jo was not happy about that because my Joey yeah, didn't she's have very sex. my Joey. My- <laughs> she is. She Wait, is. are you going to get into Dominic Barbara? <laughs> Sorry. No, oh. let's get into it. Well, no, that's that's their lawyer. Jo- uh, oh, that's right. Their right, lawyer eventually, right. and he was also a huge Howard Stern guest. Yes. So Mary Jo was very my Joey would never do this. Right. She was like a total stand by your man. She did not believe any of the allegations against him no. she really just thought that amy had this crush from afar like how could yes. my joey do this he couldn't do that ever this crazy bitch just came <laughs> up and shot me in my porch you know i uh, do remember that period where you weren't sure if amy was telling the truth right like there was this sort of period where you're like maybe she's lying right like, right so she believed her husband was innocent and that amy was an attempted murderer a liar and a whore and yes <laughs> All of those things may be true, but Joey still fucking sucks. Yeah. And is a pervert. Yeah. Pedophile. Definitely. Okay. Meanwhile, Amy is dating Paul Makeley, a 30-year-old co-owner of a gym. I mean... Can't she date a guy her own age? I mean, like- okay, let's not put the blame on her for that. Let's put the blame on these fucking guys... Right, and she needs to get out of the Long Island scene with the gyms and the body shop guys. <laughs> Come on, dude. So she, um, while she was out on bail, she was allowed to see him for 15 minutes. So like, yeah, you can go see your boyfriend, Paul. That tells you how good he is at sex. <laughs> I was thinking that too, like only 15 minutes. Come on. But on September 24th, Amy visited Paul at his gym. And while at the gym, she talked to him about coming to see her for conjugal visits, about how she liked the publicity she was getting because it would mean lots of money later on from book and movie deals. And this whole conversation was being filmed the whole time. And that tape was soon obtained by Hard Copy, (laughs) the TV show. The tape then ran on their show and deeply discredited Amy to the public. And now it wasn't so certain that Joey would be convicted of the statutory rape charges because Amy's on this tape going, well, I'm going to get a lot of money from this and sell my story. And, you know, I guess jail won't be that bad as long as I get out, just tough it out, you know. And she's kind of having this, like, look at the bright side attitude about it. So So she doesn't seem that traumatized. She doesn't seem traumatized. She doesn't seem sympathetic. And, yeah, fucking Paul sold her out. He did that tape. There's everyone's just selling everyone out. Everyone sucks in this story. So after the episode of Hard Copy aired that night, Amy took 15 Xanax pills and she told her mom that she didn't want to live. 
The dose she took was large, but not enough to kill her. So the next day around noon, she attempted to kill herself again, this time taking 15 to 20 lorazepam, which is a sedative that had been prescribed to her dad for her, his heart condition. And then she was checked into a psychiatric hospital. And that's where, like, the movie starts in the Drew Barrymore She's in version. the hospital it's after like, a suicide attempt. Yeah, uh-huh. it's like her in the hospital. So Mary Jo's attorney told the press that he felt no sympathy for Amy because she was doing all of this shit for attention and to try and shift the public's opinion of her, which I don't believe. I do believe Amy. I mean, she's like, regardless of how, what kind of person she is, she's a 16-year-old girl going through this crazy media circus. Right. And her boyfriend, Paul, just sold her out to hard copy. She's humiliated. Yeah. Shortly after Amy's suicide attempts, another episode of Hard Copy featuring Amy Fisher aired. This time, they played an audio. They played audio from a letter that Amy had dictated to Paul Makeley, her thirty-year-old boyfriend, while she was in jail. In the letter, Amy alluded to her father being sexually abusive to her, and that her mother quote just looked the other way. So that was this huge, big bombshell. Right. Like, oh my God, was this why Amy is the way she is? Yes. Was her dad abusive? And the media is just eating it all up. It's like this is so much juice. This is so juicy for everybody. It's kind of like with the Casey Anthony where that came out with her father too. Right, right. So on December 1st, 1992, Amy was sentenced to 5 to 15 years after pleading guilty to reckless assault of Mary Jo Buttafuoco. She was released in 1999. After her release, Amy agreed to go on Celebrity Boxing to fight Tanya Harding. (laughs) Yes, Tanya Harding. But her PO was like, yeah, no, you're not going to do that. Right. You're not going on a boxing show that promotes violence when you're a fucking violent criminal. Right. So I mean, that was canceled. Also, you don't want to get your ass kicked by Tanya Harding because you know she will fucking kick you. She ass. will fuck you up. She will fuck up anybody. <clears throat> I remember that boxing phase for Tanya Harding. She was fucking big. Like, Yeah, she got I remember yoked. her arms. I was like, holy shit. Like, totally. Yeah. Uh, Joey Buttafuoco was indicted on 19 charges, including statutory rape, sodomy, and endangering the welfare of a child. In October of 1993, Joey pled guilty to statutory rape of Amy Fisher. He served four months in jail. After his release, Joey and his family moved to L.A. So Mary Jo, still with him, still trying to make it all work out. But Joey's legal troubles were not over. In 1995, he was arrested for soliciting sex from an undercover cop in Hollywood. He pleaded no contest and was ordered to pay a $1,700 fine and was put on two months of probation. In December of 2003, Joey Buttafuoco was arrested again, this time for insurance fraud. And at this time, he was the co-owner of California Collision, an auto body shop in the Valley. He was caught by undercover investigators who Joey helped file false claims for to get to scam insurance companies. So he was sentenced to a year in prison in March of 2004. In 2007, he spent four months in jail for possession of a firearm, which he was not allowed to have due to the conditions of his probation. And since the Amy Fisher scandal, Joey has just milked his infamy for every last drop. In 2002, he was scheduled to appear on Celebrity Boxing against John Wayne Bobbitt, (laughs) another person we've talked about. Yeah. 
<laughs> a lot of great characters in this story. But Bobbitt had to drop out because of his arrest. <laughs> one of his one of his arrests. It was his arrest in two thousand two. So Joey Buttafuoco fought China instead. What? Uh, yeah, oh. he fought China. And is that legal? <laughs> he kicked China's ass. I was so mad when I read that. Did you watch? Is there, I like, did tape watch of it? it. There's. Okay. It's on YouTube. I and honestly I, need to see this. <laughs> that sounds horrible. I felt bad for China. Like, I I don't know how, as a man, you can agree to fight a woman where you know you're going to be kicking a woman's ass. Like, I right. know China agreed to it and probably thought she would kick his ass. Right. right? Like, but. How do you punch a woman? <laughs> like, isn't it like I'm thinking like in a guy, a guy's head, like it's everything inside of you. Should Your whole life saying is saying no. you never hit a woman. Like, how do you turn that off for a celebrity boxing match? Well, even? it's like Joey Buttafuoco is the classic guy who goes, oh, men and women are equal. Then I guess I can hit <laughs> <Yeah>. you too. <laughs> He's that asshole. He is. He's fucking that I'm a ass. feminist. I'm a feminist. You guys want to be equal. I guess I could punch you in the head. Okay, I need to see this. Yeah, it sucks. And it's just like all these close-ups of his fucking sweaty ass face. Ugh, like, he's, he's so gross. He's such a fucking meat head. <laughs> Mary Jo finally divorced Joey in 2003. Finally. Finally. And in 2009, she went on to write a book with an amazing title. It's a very long title. This is the name of it. Getting it through my thick skull. Why I stayed, what I learned, and what millions of people involved with sociopaths need to know. <laughs> Isn't that an amazing book title? Yes. First, the getting it through my thick skull. That was like her book agents were like, yes, that'll get people. That'll grab people's right. attention. I want to read but the book like, now. <laughs> but I have a really long... And subtitle right i want everyone to know on the front hard cover of the book that he's a fucking sociopath yeah like we don't even really need to read the book <laughs> right it's all there it's all there in the title right but i am glad for mary joe that she woke up from her shitty relationship yes, and was like finally finally amy fisher went on to make a few adult films including a sex tape with her husband lou ballara <laughs> and, and in 2008, Amy did an interview with Steppin' Out magazine, and she had this to say about Mary Jo. I feel no sympathy for Mary Jo, the multimillionaire. The fact that Mary Jo has a bullet in her head means nothing. I have silicone in my boobs, and you don't hear me complaining. She can't feel her bullet, and I can't feel my silicone. Those are two very different things. Right. And Mary Jo... Is does have a paralyzed face and is deaf. Like it's not just the bullet being in her right. skull that's the problem. And it's not that she had the bullet voluntarily surgically implanted right. into her head. And the bullet didn't make her hotter. I'm sorry. Oh god. No, it did not. <laughs> I mean, what an insane thing to say. Like I can see hating Mary Jo. Right. But like that analogy is bad. It's so rude. Come on, Amy. To the person you shot, that's fucking ballsy to say that. I don't even mind her being rude to the person she shot. I just don't like the analogy. It's I don't not think a, there's anything similar between the bullet and the it, boobs. It's not good it's at not all. It's not good. So that same year, like after that interview, she appeared on the Howard Stern show. And Howard Stern is razzing her about her sex tape and how shitty it is because that's what Howard Stern does. Was hers like a 
sex tape, like a, yeah. a, a, a release, like, ooh, it accidentally yeah. got out type yeah. deal, even though But it was then it found made. out that yeah. she, right, signed right. a contract and a deal. Right. It was like that. It was like her and her husband. Yeah. And so Howard Stern's giving her crap. He was like, you know, you're nasty in this tape. You're nasty in the, you're, you're talking about rubbing your clitoris and you're da da da. Like, I mean, it was really gross hearing Howard Stern. So Talk he was saying this. she's nasty because she's sexual or she doesn't look good. Like what Just was it? That she, he was like egging her on. Like you're being, right. you're being nasty in this tape. Yeah. You know, we see your tits and everything. Like, yeah. He's just being very Howard Stern right, right, right. about the tape. And she's like very uncomfortable about it. And he's like, why are you so ashamed? Like, why are you so uncomfortable about it? But he's also making fun of the tape. He's like, you're like pretending to wash your body, but you don't even have any soap on you. I don't know. Right. What, so like, he's picking it apart. He's picking it apart. He's talking shit about her tape. She's getting visibly uncomfortable during the interview. Because she wanted to play as if she was uh betrayed somehow like by the release like right she's still pretending but she wanted to promote it. the yeah, tape yeah, yeah. as uh-huh. well and also she wanted to seem like a seductress right and didn't want to get humiliated but here she is on his show i and mean what were you thinking going on howard stern come on dude like i don't know what his show's like today but i used to watch his the t his tv the e. show the e show all the time that's what he does that's what he does and yeah he's a fucking you have to go on it knowing that and then fucking roll with it and he doesn't care who you are no he's gonna talk shit to you yeah. so and she has no sense of humor and those are the best people when you see them on his show <laughs> right because it's like dude what are you doing like right. just fucking laugh about it and right. you'll be fine right because he'll have nowhere to go like right yeah. so she was like getting really upset about the stuff because it was not going in the direction they you know she was the butt of the joke and right. she didn't want to be the butt of the joke she wanted to have fun you know a fun interview. so and then beetlejuice came. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> So, and Robin is like being a bitch to her too. Like, whatever. I like Robin. Well, Amy is not a sympathetic character. No, no, no. So, um, so then Howard Stern is like, oh, we have a phone call. Like, who is on the line? But Jessica Buttafuoco, <laughs> the daughter <laughs> of Christ. Joey and Mary Joe Buttafuoco. <laughs> and Howard is like, oh, we got Jessica Buttafuoco on the line. What a Whoa. surprise. Right. What a surprise. <laughs> and Amy is like, oh, no. She's like, I don't do phone calls. And he's like, what? You know, well, she can just talk to me and Robin then. Yeah. And she's like, I don't I didn't agree to this. I don't even part of this. She fucking rips off her mic and yeah. gets up and walks out. And then they do that interview in the hallway. Yes. 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 You know, and yeah. she's like, I didn't agree to this. And then Amy's husband, it shows her husband, Lou Ballar, and he was like, the fuck are they doing you know he sounds Lou just like Bella. he sounds just like joey Buttafuoco. like they could be brothers right basically like she is a type so uh lou Bellar is pissed at the treatment yeah. he's like we wanted to do storm we wanted to have a fun time we thought <laughs> is it was he be- like her manager also or he's something? acting like it i mean yeah like whatever he was like she made a mistake who cares like <laughs> <laughs> and um so Howard stays on the line with Jessica Buttafuoco. What is Jessica doing? I'm sorry. Like, that's why I'm saying this family is no shame. If I was the daughter in this situation, if that was my dad in this family, I would crawl into a hole and just die and never show my face. I would never participate in anything involving. I would be so humiliated yeah. and mortified beyond belief, especially she was. But of course, like, I'm sure Jessica gets on and she's like, first of all, she did. <laughs> And she did. And she sounds just like her mom. So she says, first of all, she, oh my God, where is it? Fuck, fuck, fuck. Where is it? Okay. So she goes, 
This is a quote from Jessica Buttafuoco on Howard Stern. She goes, she's a hoe bag, she, and she looks like a Dallas cheerleader that never made the team. <laughs> what? what a fucking diss. What? I don't even know what that means. Like, like she was like trying out to be a Cowboys cheerleader. But she wasn't but good she, looking enough. But she wasn't good looking enough, but she has that look. She's all dolled up and I like. I guess. She looks, I just thought it was so good. She's a hoe bag. A hoe bag. <laughs> Only really trashy people say hoe bag. Yeah, hoe bag is. <laughs> That's one of those like you need to do some personal inventory. <laughs> Maybe you're the hoe bag deep down inside. I just love clearly thought out disses. Like she's ready oh, with she's that one. Oh, she's been sitting yeah, on she's it. She's been sitting on it. And it's like, come on. I feel like I feel like I would come up with something better. <laughs> you have one shot to take down. So the hoe bag who shot your mom. Right. Come on. So I. I looked at like the five YouTube comments because I was like, I wonder what people have to say about Amy Fisher in 2018 or whatever. And someone was like, what, you're not going to hear out the daughter of the mom you shot? <laughs> people have opinions. They have opinions. Um, people do not like Amy Fisher the, to this day. She never quite made herself likable. She never made herself likable. <clears throat> right. Because she would do interviews with that magazine stepping out and talk shit about the person she tried to kill. Right. And I honestly, like I said before, I kind of admire her that she went the hateful route. <laughs> Cause I do feel like that's an unusual choice. Right. Like you could have done the Iyanla interview where you like found yourself and found some inner peace and right. tried to make amends. The truth of the matter is though, I don't think Mary Jo would have been receptive to that. Uh, like an apology from Amy. No. Uh, either so I wonder if that made Amy be like well fuck you then I'm not apologizing right and kind of double down and this on is her a very also sick demented person right. who has never emotionally matured ever no this is someone who has stayed in childhood forever this whole thing is so Long Island to me just like oh my god just the battle between Mary Jo and Amy Fisher it's so over the I top just, I, it doesn't surprise me at all that both of them are very hateful to each other throughout the whole thing like I mean Mary Jo obviously has a great excuse for it right but yeah it's just not surprising to me at all like there's just a point I feel like where your enemy you can never apologize right. to them or something right I don't know right. it's insane but the daughter <laughs> I was stunned that the daughter was like, I'm going to get involved. Let me tell you. Jessica. Jessica. Like how is she like, she's barely younger than Amy yeah. Fisher, right? She's barely. probably like four, four she years younger. She was nine. Yeah. So she's just like five or six years younger. Yeah. Uh -huh. Oh my God. I that's would just, hilarious. Yeah. So that's the story. Oh, so that Amy, was in 2018? No, this was 2008. Hold on. Amy got divorced from Lou Ballara in 2015. So... She's and on the market, guys. Was Joey remarried? Yeah, he got remarried to some chick. I don't right. think they're still married. Uh, okay, so here's my Mary Jo story. Yes, please tell uh, it. And this would be in maybe 2008 okay. or somewhere. Uh, Mary Jo did get remarried after Joey Buttafuoco, yes. and I don't know what their status is right now. But my friend went to see um this story is gonna get even more long island she went to see don rickles <laughs> at the canyon club in like west whatever in the valley yeah somewhere but like far out i don't right. even know if that's the valley still west hills yeah anyways it's someplace uh far out and um when she was leaving the club after don rickles show <laughs> it was like a crazy parking lot situation and she 
accidentally rear-ended someone like a very light rear-ending right. when someone stops and you're close and you just don't have time to stop right and she said that and she's also like a true crime person so, right so she said that a woman got out and she immediately was like oh my god that's mary joe Botafuco. and she said she recognized her because of the face i'm sorry <laughs> like because it's like i'm talking it's to a very, woman yeah who has like a paralyzed face and she looks like mary joe Botafuco. also like it's mary whatever. Joe. Uh, and she was pretending that she had like whiplash, like she she was pretending. <laughs> it was like a light. It task. was like it was like the Brady Bunch episode where the guy was like going way overboard with his injury. Right. Uh, and she said she wasn't sure still if it was Mary Jo, but it was like, and the husband was also like a like a Guido type too. And then she said that she saw the license plate, and they had like the thing that goes around the license plate, yes. and it said, "I love Mary Jo." <laughs> fucking god like <laughs> like while they're exchanging insurance information yeah. or whatever <laughs> she's like i wasn't sure and then i looked and i saw it because they were taking down the license plates i mean she's like around the the, 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 the room yeah it said i love mary joe so awful so and she said mary joe was so awful really like a horrible bitch to her oh like when god. it was just like whatever that shit happens. happens it happens Especially i've been it before lots. where you're just like i'm sorry like yeah it's fine whatever you're not like right. it's not a big thing uh <clears throat> but she said mary joe was just awful and then the whole insurance process was a mess because oh. mary joe was trying to get all these medical bills oh, and like acupuncture and chiropractors and all of these things paid for that just seemed like dude i hit you at like two miles an hour <laughs> right. like it was a tap i mean i guess you do have pre-existing <laughs> maybe like made it worse or something but it was just kind of like come on like that's a situation i feel like most people are just like let's just call it a day like there's oh, nothing wrong with my car like i've been in those situations where you bump someone and you're like doesn't look like right there was damage. no damage to the cars it was purely mary joe's medical to just walk away than deal with insurance companies right, but mary joe was trying to get hers like right. she was getting something out of it oh like, my god i don't know so that's my mary joe i love story. mary joe <laughs> so i do have a colored opinion of her being a bitch now That's not that she deserves to be shot but like no i am kind of like oh she's a bitch too like everyone sucks in this case everyone is so dramatic in this story like and joey still to this day is like trying to be on tv and right i feel like i've seen him in other things like um maybe not like high level versions no. of but like celebrity what was the one where they all lived together in a house oh like the real the surreal life yeah surreal life i feel like he was on one of those but like a lower budget one right like not the official surreal <laughs> right life. right but amy fisher was on celebrity rehab with dr drew oh i didn't see that she season. was on that oh my god what about the movie with with drew barrymore was there anything well in the movie it's funny because you're watching the movie and you're like, this Long Island accent is so bad. But then you hear Amy Fisher's real life Long Island accent. And I'm like, oh, they really do sound. Yeah. She kind of sounds like a fake accent. It's, it's so a little over the top. It's so over the top. Yeah. And like Drew Barrymore, whatever. I love her. Yeah. I, even when she does. I love the Drew Barrymore. And that was sort of a comeback role for her because she her career was like It was done because she was in rehab yeah. and like. Her career was nowhere. And then she did that movie. And it was sort of like, ooh, like... Right. And yeah. then she kind of did a string of, like, sexy Lolita-y. Right, before she did, she did Scream. She did Poison Ivy. Right. And she did... But she did a few critically acclaimed movies. Like, she did Boys on the Side after that. That was a couple years right, later. Couple years later. Mid-90s. She was trying... Yeah, she was getting there. But I remember that Amy Fisher role being, like, a big 
comebacky kind of thing right. for her. Because it was after she like cleaned up. Right. You know. Um so but I love her. So even when she's in shitty movies, I just adore her. She's like one of my favorite I love actresses. TV movies. I do too. I miss I feel like there aren't really any good TV movies like that anymore. No, they don't. And I like I don't care if it's low budget. Oh god, no. I like yeah. it almost. I want it to be bad dialogue. Yeah. I like I guess the lifetime movies kind of have that right. element. I don't really yeah. yeah. So I but Joey in this movie, he's obviously a handsomer version of Is Joey. Is he played by anyone well known? No. Okay. Not that I know. Someone yeah. can scream at me in the comments. Right. But like excuse me, he's a Tony Award winner. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that's the case. Yeah. Huh. But he he's like a slightly slimmer. Right. I think better I saw looking. An image you posted. I posted a video. Right. Um Oh my god, where they're like in bed together on his speedboat. Did we have patrons? Oh yeah, we do. We have <clears throat> patrons. Let me pull those up. Okay, so if you'd like to become a Patreon contributor and get access to our bonus content, we have like hours of bonus content. Right. On our Patreon page. And you can find that at patreon.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. And I am going to thank our listeners who have donated in the past two weeks. We have Lori, Kelly, Natasha, Amanda, Anne, Jamie, Don, Mark, Nina, Dagmara, Thomas, Glenn, Rachel, Big Diesel, Dawn, Tracy, and Megan. Thanks, guys. Thank you guys so much. And we also, you can join the Facebook group that we've talked about. Yeah. Where we do take suggestions. Uh, That's how we've this taken show a came few, about. Uh, in the past few months, for sure. Yeah. Um, so that's just Hollywood Crime Scene Friends. Yes. On Facebook. Yes. And then we have social accounts on Instagram and Twitter. Yes. Twitter. And Twitter. we also have personal Twitters. You can follow us there. Right. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's it. Okay, great. Thanks. Okay. Thanks guys. Bye.